competing at a combined weight of 405 pounds. They are the reigning, defending, undisputed racing dudes, triple crown champions of the world, the magic. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 459. Mr. Samich. Huzzah! Huzzah! Dave, so sorry about that. There's always technical problems with the Magic Mike Show. I think we got it worked out beforehand. My computer just suddenly stopped giving me sound, and I can't hear Mike's wonderful voice. Uh, speaking of Mike, uh, congratulations to you. I want to bring it up again. You got third place in the grade one gamble after it. You had the lead. You were like verifying. You had the lead until about that 16th pull, and then you got nailed right at the wire, but still an excellent showing from you, and uh, you know, you're, I think the reward you got for finishing third makes up for the fact that you got caught late. Yeah, I mean, like... It's funny. I just I just did some for in the money. Talked about the tournaments. You can go check that out with uh, Redboard Rewind with with one of our buddies Spencer. Um, I came into that card hating it. Like I really liked two races, and so to walk yeah. away in third, really liking two races. And fortunately, I was right in those two races. I, I bet a lot of money on Twilight Gleaming, and had a monster exact and trifecta. Really excited about White Frost moving forward. I know we're not going to talk about that race today, but White Frost is one of those horses. I think at some point it's going to win a Grade One at a nice price. Uh, so that's one that I'm interested in moving forward from that day. But it was it was nice to be right about two races and able to make a run. And hey, yeah, any day you're walking out with 50k and uh, a BCBC and NHC seat, it's not the not a bad day at all. <laughs> you're already halfway to your two NHC seats, and it's only April. You've got uh, almost eight more months still. Sorry, ten more months. Ten more months to wait. No, ten months. Yes, ten months to get there. Forgot what month we were in already, and I just said April. Uh, Dennis, it's been it's been a good few months for me, baby. It's, it's been a good few months. We keep getting that comment, Mike. I don't know if they're trying to call us fat or what. I will say this: when when you originally made that four oh five, I would have definitely taken the over. I'm not so so sure I take the over anymore. I've dropped about fifteen pounds the last three weeks. I got a bike, nice. been out riding, so I I have a feeling we're closer to that four oh five now than we were when you originally made it. I'm almost ready to take the under. Uh, yeah. Listen, if we listen to Shadi about Barber Road, uh, we think we'd both be sitting here, like, uh, you know, high-fiving each other for hitting that uh, chalky pick five, but it still paid 135 and change. I was a little surprised about that one. Yeah, pretty frustrating from a multi-race perspective. I went four out of five on a $20 pick five ticket. If that four gets home, I hit it for 20 bucks on that late pick five because once Amy C went out, Twilight Gleaming was a stone-cold single for me. Uh, we talked about Twilight Gleaming quite a bit on this show. Uh, in Italian was a pretty easy single there as well. First mission, both of our top picks got home there. Tarabi ends up winning the last race. She was a top or second pick for both of us. So it was just that Barber Road race, that freaking Principal de Oro, 6 to 1 on the morning line, goes off as your 9 to 5 favorite. If that horse gets home, it's a monster day from a multi race perspective as well. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I think I even said it on Magic Mike Show. I definitely said it on the live show that, uh, <laughs> that I was like, listen, we're going to knock down. I would want it to be Barbara Rowe just for Shadi because she's been a fan of that horse since all the way back. I want to say, was it the Rebel Stakes? Uh, I think it was probably the Rebel Stakes when she first popped it up as a as a fangirl. But congrats to you. Congrats to uh, everybody who supported and bet, more importantly, on Barbara Rowe that day. You got it. Uh, it was crazy, but hey, uh, we had a great day. We had a good time playing Keeneland on Saturday. If you joined us for the live show, happy you were there. If you didn't, those live shows, we, we were, you know, as soon as the live show started, everything turned around because we were not having good days betting wise overall, but you nailed it. We started pressing those opinions very, very heavily in those last few races. 
and it really paid off. And, and you know, we'll talk about first mission in the Lexington very uh, lightly here at some point in the show. But yeah, it was a good day. It, it definitely those last few races turned things around. I don't know if it was the email that we got that always turns things around. Or if it was your singing, I feel like we need to try the singing more often when things are going our way. It was definitely the singing. I mean, I got into that pre-show room and Aaron is like this. <laughs> yep. Yep. Pretty much dead on because he was just pissed about how that day was going. And for Barbara Road to win, I know he was not not happy about it. Sorry, Shadi, when that happened. And we're walking in there. We're just I just had to get it going. So we started doing the falsetto, do a little twilight gleaming. And it just it started rolling. Everybody got into it. Positivity started flowing, and then we hit some hit some horses there in the back end of it, so it was nice. Uh, speaking of positivity, we're going to try and be positive about the Kentucky Derby horses today. Uh, the prep races are all done. We know officially who the top 20 are points-wise, and so Mike and I are going to go through and talk about what we think each horse's you know, realistic chances are. Do we think this is a horse that could win? Do we think realistically probably best as an underneath or a horse maybe we want to chuck all together, and we've got the overseas odds uh, to talk about as well. So it should be a fun show. If you're in the comments section, uh, we got a lot to talk about. We'll definitely talk about Disarm and uh, and the, the jockey news there as well as jockey news on Angel of Empire. So lots to do. Let's get into it, buddy. Riders up. Forgot to share it. I just realized, like, uh-oh, we were uh, <laughs> forgot to do this over here. Here's the uh, the latest overseas odds right now. I'll put that on just while I pull up the thing I was trying to get going uh, here. The Kentucky Derby leaderboard. There she is. All right, here we go, Mike. Uh, points wise, here are the top horses for the Kentucky Derby. We'll start at the top. Forte, uh, no surprise there. He wins the Florida Derby, wins the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, wins the Fountain of Youth Stakes. All this horse has done since last May, really, is win, win, win. Uh, or was it June? Either way, this horse wins a lot. Um, he is going to be one of the top favorites. Uh, right now, he's trading at plus 325 overseas, so is the overseas favorite. Realistically, Forte, is he a Kentucky Derby winner underneath, or are you skipping him altogether? Look, he's the most likely horse to win the Kentucky Derby. He, this is a, a situation where we have a deserving favorite in this field of 20 and Forte. He has done absolutely nothing wrong. Two-year-old champion. He's come back and looked very good. I know some people are going to knock his race in the Florida Derby. I thought it was actually pretty impressive for him to be able to kind of shift gears after getting passed by Mage and still run, run Mage down late there. I don't see why Forte isn't the pick. If you're, if, like, look, if every horse was 10 to 1, every person should be picking Forte. However, every horse isn't going to be 10 to 1. I think, you know, you're getting plus 325 right now overseas. Was 5 to 2 in the last future pool. I think 5 to 2 is more likely around what off odds we're going to see for Forte. And I, I brought this up before. Forte and Essential Quality is a very similar comp for me from a horse perspective. Both two-year-old champions. Both run two preps heading into the Derby. Both went off as favorites. Both have similar running styles. And, and it's going to come down to what happens with the pace here. Because Forte is going to need some pace to chase. And then the trip, because with a field of 20, if you're coming from off the pace, you're going to have to find your way through traffic and be able to make a run. And it's just going to simply come down to, can Forte do that on the first Saturday of May? And the, the post position draw is key for Forte. I mean, we've seen Fletcher and Irad get saddled with the one post the last two years with horses that a lot of people thought were legitimate contenders that had zero chance of winning the race because of the post draw. There are certain spots that you do not want to be if you are Forte because you need to be tactically placed. you got to be in that 4 to 12 range if you're Forte so that you can get position going into that first turn and your mid-pack versus being 16th, 17th, 18th, because that's not a recipe for winning. 
Yeah, I'm a little worried he's a little too far back. And we've kind of said this, I know I gave credit to Aaron Halterman too. He's, he's been saying this uh, since Forte returned, is we haven't really seen him take a big step forward as a three-year-old. Now, the Derby will be his third start of let off the long layoff third star as a three-year-old so should be when he's ready to peak and give his best absolute effort um i just for me that you know the way that the florida derby ran i know he went four five wide off the turn uh to try and get up there but he had a slow final furlong it was about 13 seconds flat and for me that's i maybe i just have a little bit too much of a memory of white abario doing that where he looked great and then it was like one of the knocks people had on white abario was well that was a slow final furlong is is he going to be able to keep going fast enough if you add another furlong on top of that so he did have that wide move he's got a very nice turn of foot i'm using him as an underneath horse i think he definitely can hit the board but he does remind me in some ways of it like you said essential quality who crossed fourth uh, was you know put up to third via disqualification of medina spirit after the fact um also you talked about mo donegal that was a horse last year that unfortunately drew the rail and he ran his ass off to get up for fifth but he had a lot of traffic trouble he had to weave in around horses and then he goes off and wins the Belmont. I, you know, a very talented horse. Uh, another concern I have: violence horses were known for, you know, being two-year-olds and being super sharp. Then, thank you. And uh, how much will he continue to progress? I'm going to. For we'll talk about the horse I'm put, keeping on top here, but I'm banking on another horse being able to progress and keep progressing. Whereas with Forte. He's kind of stalled out, but th- what's interesting and is going to make for great debate is depending on which speed figures you trust the most. He either really regressed in the Florida Derby or he was really good and kept improving. So uh, it- it's an interesting one, and-, and we've got a lot of time to keep debating this. So um, definitely, I think, hits the board. I'm going to pass on him on top, but I would not knock anybody, including yourself, for putting him here. Uh, uh, and Go ahead. One thing I want to talk about, the Forte Florida Derby effort, specifically the buyer that came back for me, I'm not nearly as concerned about from a regression standpoint. I know he dropped back a little bit there. You have to look at how that race was run, though, I mean, and where the favorites all were positioned. They were all toward the outside. The horses that ended up winning that race and being for the forward position, ended up in the top four in that race, really, were all wide trips. So you're not going to get as good of a buyer back because the race time is going to be slower if you have these horses covering more ground. So for me, the, the, the Florida Derby buyer, I was expecting it to come back lower than what he had run in the past, simply because of when we've got the updated time, that time is going to produce a slower yeah. buyer. But when you look at the trip where he's sitting three, four wide, the extra ground he covered makes up for some of that. That's why you saw a significantly better time form number from Forte than you did buyer number, because it takes into more of that into account. Uh, predict it right now. Do they actually time the Kentucky Derby correctly? I mean, at Churchill, we haven't had any issues with it in a little while. So, oops, I didn't mean to do that. But uh, do you think we'll have more timing issues for the Derby or will they actually have the biggest day in our sport correctly timed? You know, we had seen good work from Gulfstream before that race. And so it was funny that that's the one race that they really muck up there. It's the Florida Derby, their biggest race of the year outside of the Pegasus. I wouldn't expect any timing issues from Churchill. Um, also, there are timing issues. Who really cares at this point? We care about who wins the race now. We don't really care if it's timed correct, the second correctly. Because this is, a, to me, this is a chuck race after it's run anyway. I don't take anything out of the Kentucky Derby for future reference because there is no other race that has anything that points to this as a future data point. There's no other race with 20 horses. There's no other race we have this much traffic trouble where the gate matters this much. There's no other race we have this much pace issues. Like it, It's a very single it's a very solitary data point, right? There's not a lot of things you can take from the Derby every year and say, oh, this horse is definitely going to go forward. This one's definitely going to go backward. It's a freaking mess. It's why you have the variance in it. 
<laughs> and, and yeah, Kevin, we're this is all you know conjecture. We're having fun. Uh, less than three weeks out, by the way, to the Kentucky Derby, we will get post positions are drawn two weeks from today, so we get to uh, that's when all the the rubber's really going to hit the road for us. So we're just having fun figuring things out post position wise. But uh, all right, let's move on. Uh, practical and a good points, by the way. Uh, practical move winner of the San Anita Derby, the San Felipe Stakes, and the Los Al Futurity. Uh, it, it, this horse keeps winning, and he's winning in California, and he's beating every you know ex Baffert that they throw at him. Uh, that San Anita Derby, uh, we talked about. I talked about Forte's final uh, furlong being pretty slow. That was a fast track of San Anita, and I thought Practical Move was a little slower there. I think possibly he could hang around for fourth, fifth if you want to play the super high five. That's where I'm going with Practical Move. What about you? Uh, I don't think he hits the board in any way, shape, or form. I I, I would set his over under around ninth. This feels to me almost, and I don't want to wish bad juju on the horse, but it almost feels to me like a horse who has had, has, he's going to be one of the post position victims. I think we're going to sit here after the post position and go, he's got no shot with that, you know, breaking from the dreaded post 17 that hasn't ever produced a winner uh, or even the rail. So uh, we kind of agree on that one. Uh, here's my top pick right now, Angel of Empire. As soon as I heard Flavian Pratt officially said, this is his horse, I'm like, it's Flavian Pratt, it's Brad Cox. Uh, other than when they ran into a monster in first mission in the Lexington, there's, they're really not losing anything. They, they won the Beaumont. You had that try and exacta all over in the race preview that you gave out. Pratt riding for Cox. So Angel of Empire is a winner for me. What is he for you? Uh, I, I'm not I'm not ready to pick a winner. I love your confidence here. Two weeks out without the post position <laughs> magic. I'm not ready to pick a winner here. Angel of Empire is on the short list of horses I think can win the Derby. I, I liked that race last time out, thought that he'd sat close to a pace that was reasonable, was able to make a nice move into it. The progression we've seen over this last year race from Angel of Empire, I think, have been impressive. Uh, this is one of those horses that I think has a shot here. Um, we'll see what the number is. I'm really interested. Right now, you're getting 12-1 to 1 overseas. You're seeing 16-1 to 1 on FanDuel here in the U.S., depending on where you want to play there. I'm interested to see what the, the off-odds number are is here for Angel of Empire. I'm, I'm The 12-1... to 1 is kind of in the range I think the horse should be. Uh, we'll see if we get that on race day. I'm afraid this is going to be one of those wise guy horses now that Pratt picks up the mount. <laughs> Has, uh, I was talking to Aaron about it right before we went live too. Uh, a huge reason for me is rewatching the Arkansas Derby. He was farther back, but it almost it reminded me a little bit of Epicenter in the Kentucky Derby where he was farther back than he probably needs to be to win the Kentucky Derby. But it was a right, uh, correctly timed move from the jockey, uh, a little bit of a pace meltdown in front of him. Once he got clear, that final furlong was 12 flat, and he was pulling away visually. It was very impressive to me. Uh, so again, when I heard that, and this is who I wanted Pratt to pick, because if he took Kings Barnes, I was like, all right, I guess I'll pick Kings Barnes as my top pick. But it's Angel of Empire for me. Um, if I can get 12 to I doubt I get 12 to 1 on him, especially now with the Pratt move news. But uh, any kind of odds over, you know, I think 6 to 1 or higher, I'm going to be super excited about. Uh, Tap it Trice right now, the uh, top pick for Aaron Halterman at the Kentucky Derby Top 20 in the Top 5 video, which just came out earlier today at YouTube.com slash Racing Dudes. Uh, by the way, go check that out. Multiple horses changing positions. Some horses jumped on, jumped off. That had nothing to do with the Lexington. It was just everything else. Aaron kind of reevaluating as well after the last couple of weekends. So uh, Tap it Trice is still his top pick, winner of the Bluegrass. Does the winner of the Bluegrass finally win the Kentucky Derby, Mike? I, another one that's on the short list. I think Tapatrice has every chance of winning this race. I, I'm concerned that Tapatrice is Forte light in a way. Um, hasn't quite mentally figured everything out that Forte has. Uh, so that's one of the reasons you're seeing a little bit better of a price. I thought that was a nice race at, 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 uh, in, at the nice race last time out, able to run down verifying there. 
And Tappet Trice, to me, wants the extra distance and didn't get a great trip or verifying got a very good trip and doesn't want the extra distance. So it's easy to split those two, two up in my mind and, and kind of make a case for one and against the other here. So Tappet Trice on the short list, I think, has a legitimate shot at winning the Derby. Uh, I saw somebody asked, when was the last time a Pennsylvania bred won? I know that he would be the, I think, the third Kentucky bred, sorry, Pennsylvania bred horse. Uh, well, yeah, he, he, uh, Angel of Empire would be the third Pennsylvania bred to win the Kentucky Derby. That's what I'm trying to say here. Uh, here's my, here's my thing with the whole Pennsylvania bred, New York bred, Kentucky bred thing now. They've adjusted the rules on what qualifies for a ex-bred horse now so much that I'm not really worried about where they were bred anymore. Like the American travel to Kentucky, get impregnated, go back to a state and they're that bred in that state, even though the, the sire is standing in a different state. When that stuff happens, all of a sudden the state bred or the, the specific area they're in means so much less to me. Uh, Smarty Jones, the last one. Thanks for, uh, where is it? So the first person to mention it. Chris Mello. Oh, good. Thanks for that, Chris. Um, was the last one to do it. Tap a choice. I agree with you on the short list. Uh, another one that this is, I talked about Pratt picking Angel of Empire. Luis Saez rode Angel of Empire in the Risen Star, won him. Uh, rode on uh, Kings Barnes previously, won with him. And then he's going to stick with Tappet Trice. To me, Luis Saez is a difference maker. Go back in you know, the Magic Mike show last week afterwards when I was just talking about how he made every, every move he made was the correct one to win that race. As long as Saez is riding him, I've got to consider him to be a short favorite as well. I probably have him second, uh, second or third. A horse that I think has a great chance to hit the board and is not getting talked about because his dirt efforts haven't been superb uh, compared to his synthetic effort last out on the Jeff Ruby Stakes. Two fills for Larry Ravelli. Fifth in the point system. What do you think about this course? I have a feeling this is the long shot. I'm going to be, be pumping up here as we get closer and closer to this <laughs> derby. You look at two fills as race. Instant Coffee, a horse that was very much in the conversation through this entire process, ran really poorly last time out in the, in the Louisiana Derby, but it ran phenomenal prior to that. Two Phils runs behind him. Two Phils ends up running, I think it was fourth or third, uh, next time out in a race that collapses. Angel of Empire wins that race from way off the pace. The only horse that was close to that pace that stayed up there was Two Phils, and then Two Phils comes back and absolutely rolls in the Jeff Ruby Stakes. This is a horse that's on the upswing. I don't think the dirt efforts were that bad. Has no issues with the mile and a quarter distance. And it's going to be a price. People are going to forget about two fills on Derby Day. You're going to get 25, 30 to one. I, I, this is the one of the long shots that I know I will be using underneath. And I do think has a shot at winning the Derby this year. Yeah, it, would not, it wouldn't be a complete shock if this horse uh, got up. It wouldn't be like a rich strike shock anyways if he did it. Uh, looking back, you know, speaking of rich strike, uh, an angle that people, you know, 2020 vision said, well, you could see Rich Strike Jr. He's a horse for course. He did well at Churchill. This horse won the Street Sense Stakes back in October. It was a sloppy track and he was a little goofy, but he was also a two-year-old. It was a great effort. He gets second in the LeCompte. He got third in the Risen Star behind Sun Thunder and Angel of Empire. And if I like Angel of Empire, you brought up a great point. Two Phils was the only horse that kind of stayed with him a little bit, at least until near the end. I think that Jeff Ruby stakes effort was really impressive because he was he sat closer to the pace. And when he was asked, he had a really nice turn of foot that we hadn't quite seen from him yet. So could be a confidence booster. Uh, and, and the speed figures say he's slowly improving uh, the buyer. I don't know if it still is standing as the best buyer for a three-year-old in a prep if we're going to end this uh, season that way. But it was a 102 buyer. And you can't ignore that kind of an effort, whether it was on dirt or synthetic. Just uh, pretty strong there. As far as his odds, where is two fills on here? 14 to 1. That's a pretty good. I I would ex I think he's twenty one to one or twenty five to one right now on Fanduel. If you want to look at a little bit better of a price, um, so there. Anyway, 
with every one of these horses, if you are considering betting a horse right now in the fixed odds market in the U.S., it's available in a lot of legal sports books at this point. If you're looking at overseas sports books, almost all of them have it as well. Shop around. There are. This is a, a, a widely variant market right now. So you're seeing Forte anywhere from two to one to, to seven to two. You're seeing two fills anywhere from 14 to one on the low end, which is well, I think we have Bovada up here, 14 to one, all the way up to 30 to one on some books as well. So make sure you're looking around if you're going to bet any of these. Um, a couple things I want to mention real quick. Uh, first off, the, the the last up buyer is an interesting one. What will the price be because the name is Phil? Do we have a My Boy Jack on our situation on our hands here? I don't think there's enough people going to push it that hard. I don't know how many people are naming their kids Phil in this day and age versus are like our age or older and going, I'm Phil, I'm going to put 20 bucks on that. Uh, that would be my guess on that. The other thing I think is interesting, people are talking about Wild on Ice here. Who's going to be the longest shot on the board? I think we can agree on that. The question is, what will the longest shot on the board be in this year's Derby? And how much does the betting from last year's Derby, because we saw uh, Rich Strike win at, at a wild number, 86 to 1, something like that. Will there be any horse that goes off anywhere near those odds this year? Because it would be wild on ice if it happens. I would be willing to bet no. I think the highest horse you're going to see on the board is probably going to be around 50 to 1, just because of what happened last year. And the amount of money that went on the long shots and the Preakness and the Belmont kind of backed that up in my mind, where you did not see horses go off as long as they should have because of the effect of the Kentucky Derby. I have a friend in, uh, in Canada who's got, he bet $5 to win on the four longest shots in last year's Kentucky Derby. And uh, he still has that money in his account. He's waiting for this year's Derby to come up. And he played the Preakness and the Belmont doing kind of yep. similar things. Uh, you've got, he's not the only one, folks. There's going to be uh, a situation like that. And you did a, a really great job breaking down uh, multiple times how Rich Strike uh, was going to be such a short price in the Belmont and how that even he wasn't in the Preakness, there still was a Rich Strike effect on the betting. So uh, it did happen. Like you can say it won't happen. We saw it happen last year and it's only last year that this happened. Um, I'm with you. I, now, Wild on Ice is fair odds. Maybe they're a little bit different, but <laughs> you're going to see him below, definitely below the 80 to one that he's showing here for, uh, for Bovada. And the interesting thing is going to be where, so if we all agree the fair odds for Wild on Ice is over 150 to 1, and I'm just going to say over 150 to 1 because I'm not going to actually throw out a number because then I'll get a ton of shit from people because the number would be so high. But let's say the fair odds are 150 to 1. If he's at 75 to 1, 60 to 1, 50 to 1, the big question on race day, and this is why you got to tune into the live coverage that we're going to have, is who's not getting bet with the money that should be? It was interesting last year for the Preakness and for the Belmont, we saw the favorites still taking money, but it was that group between five and 15 to one that didn't take as much money as you would have expected because a lot of that money was coming in on the long shots instead of those horses. And so you saw a ton of value on those middle tier horses, which we had never really seen value in before. Um, and this is specifically on the win side as well, because the exacta pool, I think you're going to see a lot of people with all over the favorite and favorite overall this year. If you can run Forte out, I think you're going to have a ton of value there as well, although that could be very difficult to run them out of the exacta. Uh, but you'll see that there, if you like these horses, if you like Wild on Ice, playing Wild on Ice in the try, I think, is going to have a lot more value than playing Wild on Ice to win because you're not going to get that same money in the, the, the trifecta and the superfecta pools on the long shots that you will get in the win in the placements. Uh, the chat's pretty funny. Nick brings up a great point, too. If Rich Strike was already in the Derby the Friday, remember, it was only a few days before the Derby, we're like, oh, Rich Strike's in the Kentucky Derby. He drew post 21. Like, he was, Ethereal was Road late. was in and had a scratch. So, 
this is a good point. He never would have been that high of odds. He would have been shorter if he had more time to digest. He was a forgotten horse. All of us, except for Saratoga Slim, considered him a forgotten horse. Slim's the only one with the last second was like, he might be able to get up there. This pace is going to be, could be, you know, pretty damn fast. So, uh, by the way, we got it. Aaron, you're in the background. Whatever kind of money it takes, get Slim back to do a, a Borat Capper. No, I mean, not Borat Capper. I take that back. Do an actual pace video. If he wants to do a Borat Capper, that's fine too. But an actual pace uh, analysis video, I think it'll do really well for us. Anyways, let's move on. We're only to two fills here. Uh, Lord Miles, the upset winner of the Wood Memorial Stakes, is sitting here sixth because of that. Uh, what chance do you give this horse, if any? Zero. Same. That was pretty easy. Dermis, uh, can we? T Let's talk about why. I mean, he was to me that the wood is not uh, scratch out last year. The woods tradition not a great prep for the Kentucky Derby. Hit show. I thought had a, you know should have been the winner from that. I would take Hit show out of that. I just don't see Lord Miles how he improves enough to be a factor here. Yeah, I, I think you you hit the nail on that there. Hit show is the better horse with the worst trip. Uh, got swung wide on the first turn. Wanted to be more forwardly placed. Lord Miles is going to be coming from off the pace in a race where he's going to have to get through traffic trouble and to me, just is not a good enough horse to, to be able to overcome what he's going to have to deal with to win the race. One of three Japanese horses we get to talk about here. Derma Sotagake, winner of the UAE Derby, is here sitting at seventh. Um, he's won two straight. Uh, he's looked pretty damn good, uh, but he hasn't faced really... I mean, he faced a couple of American horses in Dubai, but really nothing of any note. So, Derma Sotagake, what is this horse to you? The ultimate unknown. I mean, because the, yep. the thing is, we, we saw we saw last, or we saw at the San Diego Derby, a Japanese horse come over who was not in the A circuit and run exceptionally well and give Practical Move every single bit of competition that he wanted. A Practical Move be able to hold him off there. But Dermis Otagate ran well in Dubai. There's not a ton of pace in this race. Going to be forwardly placed, may even be on the lead. A Japan horse will win the Derby at some point. It's going to happen. The question is when. So I, I like I'm not going to go here. Let's go on here and say Jap Jap Japanese horse can't win because they haven't before. That's a terrible take. Now you cannot use that take anymore because at some point they will win and they have gotten better every single year since we started talking about this at the Breeders' Cup two years ago. They, they have a very good breeding program there. They're up. Their top tier horses can compete with anybody in the world, and this is one of those top tier three year olds. Now. Is this the horse? And can you get the price you need? That is the question for me here. And, and I think the answer on the price is a hard no for me because I'm not touching Dermasotagate under 10 to 1. And I don't think you're getting anywhere near 10 to 1 on Dermasotagate when they actually break from the gate. I think you're going to see this as possibly your second pick, maybe your third, somewhere between that 6 and 8 to 1 range. And that, that's too short for me. Uh, Dubai surface is dirt. It is an extremely fast dirt. It's a highway dirt. It usually, if you get on the front end early, uh, bye-bye. The top three of the top four horses early stayed on. The only horse that didn't stay on in that race was Cairo, who very clearly hated the dirt and the kickback. It was his only time trying that. So, yeah, that's that to answer that question. Um, I would say Derma Sotogaki is faster than Kingsbarns, right? The next one, we can talk about that next. Kingsbarns yeah. wins the Louisiana Derby with a front running trip, but it, it, a lot of people brought this up. It was a very slow time from Mile of 316s. It wasn't what he wanted to do. He just inherited it. Pratt kept looking over at Jace's Road and Florent Drew, like, are you going to go? Are you going to go? No. Okay, I'm here. I guess I'll take it. <laughs> Yeah, I can tell you for sure this is a horse I will not be betting on the first Saturday in May. Because, again, I don't think the, the price is going to be where I need it to be. Dermis Otagate is way faster than Kings Barnes. So let's, let's, let's just move on from that. Kings Barnes went 114-3 through six furlongs in that gate-to-wire win. That's the slowest six furlongs we've seen in a major Kentucky Derby prep since the point system. 
Okay. So JD, just, what was why that? you got to bring up mind your biscuits, JD? Don't why, don't do that. Don't bring up the Breeders' Cup Classic. He should, never should have been in. Uh, so it, to me, it's like I, I I cannot get behind this Kings Barnes trends. And if you look even deeper, okay, Kings Barnes ran in a, a maiden special way to Gulfstream Park Park for Pletcher. Ran pretty good, but not great. That race hasn't turned anything else out. How often does Pletcher then send these horses to a N1X at Tampa? Like, that's not where you want to see the progression. It tells you what Pletcher thought of the horse. And then he sent it to Louisiana. When was the last Pletcher that won in Louisiana Derby? When was the last A Pletcher horse that went to Louisiana Derby? I, I mean, look, his best horses are Forte and Tapatroyce. If you want the third best Pletcher at the third lowest price, then go for it by all means. But for me, I, Kings Barn, no interest. So I will answer. I will answer how what the last Todd Pletcher horses to win the race. You 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 clarified a horses. So uh, Noble Indy did it in 2018. Didn't really do much. Revolutionary in 2013. That's the first I've heard of that horse. Uh, 2010 Mission Impossible. I know he's a pretty decent New York bred sire. Circular K in 2007. He does it, but it's not a horse that you're hearing. You're not hearing Super Saber. Always dreaming. You know the horses he won the Kentucky Derby with. Uh, always dreaming, by the way, he did, I think he did go the Tampa route with that horse. Uh, it was kind of that classic Pletcher progression, but, uh, yeah, he went, he, or I'm sorry, he broke the maiden at Tampa and then went to Gulfstream for the allowance. So a switch. So he went from Tampa and stepped up in class rather than kind of a other way around situation that you're talking about. Well, and this is truth exposed brings us up the third best third. Pletcher killing me. The third best Pletcher is still better than the rest. That could be very well true. I don't disagree with that, but if you are betting Kings Barnes to win, you are betting the third best Pletcher to win, and you have to mentally be okay with that. Now, it is also going to be the most forwardly placed Pletcher. So if, if you want to make an argument that you don't want a closer, then I can understand why you would go with the third best Pletcher. But it is the third best Pletcher, and that point's inarguable. You cannot tell me that this is the second or first best Pletcher. It is the third best Pletcher, so you have to be okay with picking the trainer's Third best horse in this race at about equal odds, is my guess, when they go off as Tapit Trice and double the price as Forte. That seems like a bad idea. Uh, let's move on. Number nine, Race Kane, winner of the Gotham Stakes, a very distant, I want to say fourth, with getting those four points in the uh, Bluegrass Stakes. Any interest at all in Race Kane? I, look. Yeah, a little bit, but not on top. I mean, like, Race Kane could could muck up the, the, the super high five, right? This could be your closer that gets up to fourth in the super, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't put Race Kane on top. Yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to use him. There's uh, I, at this point, I would have to really try and make a case for him to to do it. Uh, Rocket can. Uh, by the way, I asked some, somebody asked if there were any gray horses this year. There are a couple. We're going to talk about two right in a row. Uh, Rocket can is our only Kentucky Derby runner for the fantasy league realistically what chance do you give him i would set his over under around eight and a half we'll put it that way now I, I would probably take the under look if he runs to the race he ran to two back against forte then he is a realistic horse to finish in the fourth to fifth range i'm not sure that he's going to run back to that so i i'm i'm passing on rocket cannon on race day i think his best chance is yeah probably fifth is probably the best he could. He's I, like I can't say he's not slow. slow. Like yeah, <laughs> that's not he's, a good he's, race horse. 
He's like the Energizer Bunny, but if the Energizer Bunny had been, you know, he's towards the end of the battery life, like he's still, he keeps going and going, but there isn't as much, I don't want to say juice because that's not Mott's way, uh, there isn't as much energy behind it. Uh, you know, a good horse for to hit the board, maybe in the Belmont, be a distant third, uh, he looks like he can run for a long time, it's just, he doesn't run fast for a long time. He won the Holy Bull, that didn't come back super strong, and then we saw what happened in the Arkansas Derby, so... Um, yeah, we'll move on from that. Yeah, perpetual change on the bottom is super effective at best. So I agree with you on that one. Uh, another gray horse hit show. We talked about them was uh, winner of the Wither Stakes, uh, a hard luck second in the Wood Memorial. What are his chances? Uh, I don't hate hit show. I think this might be one that, that makes the ticket underneath for me because we talked about the lack of pace. You go back and you watch the Wood. Hit show's breaking from all the way on the outside, wants to be forwardly placed, ends up four to five wide, gets kind of sideswiped a little bit heading into the first turn then is in between horses and gets bumped from both sides down the lane. There's excuses there for Hit Show, who I think is a horse on the improve, and is going to be, like I said, forwardly placed in a race that doesn't have a ton of pace. I could see Hit Show being around there in the try, maybe even the exact range here on uh, on Derby Day. Yeah, I, I would... Another horse that wouldn't shock me. Uh, we don't know, I don't think at this point. Well, possibly Manny Franco. He was on him in the... Uh, Wood Memorial, so I would guess Manny Franco probably keeps his show. I can't think of anybody else, especially not from New York, who he's going to ride. Uh, confidence game, a horse that maybe you would have liked earlier in the season, but the fact that we haven't seen him run since the Rebel in February, and he's going to be training up to the Kentucky Derby. Historically, you hear a horse is going to skip the final round of preps and train up to the Derby. Usually means horse is fragile, something's wrong, we're just trying to get him in the gate. So I'm going to pass on confidence game completely. Yeah, pass for me as well. Not not talented enough to win in the running style isn't what I'm looking for. Uh, verifying a horse whose running style has been the topic of hot debate uh, was a very good second in the Bluegrass Stakes to tap at Trice. What realistically do you think are his chances here in the Derby? Little to none. I don't think he wants the extra distance. I think that's the biggest problem for verifying. I, I, I have concerns at a mile and a quarter, um, and I, I, I just don't see how verifying is going to be the horse that's able to flip the script on tap at trice and if i don't have tap at trice on top then verifying falls down the list pretty aggressively especially if you don't have tap at trice on top you you probably have to put him down i i wouldn't say i hate verifying i really wanted uh when we were handicapping i really thought he had a good chance in the bluegrass but kind of like with arabian actually just like with arabian lion in the lexington i thought this is the time you got the right setup you have the right pace scenario um it just seemed like the way the track was playing at Keeneland, verifying his chance to win, especially win a grade one, that was it. It looked like he was sucking wind uh, as they were coming down the stretch. Once Tapatrice got by him, he kind of held with him, but you never saw him engage and like increase his advantage until after the wire. If you're a fan of gallop outs, if you think gallop outs are a big deal, we're not stepping on that landmine today. Um, go to Shoddy on Twitter if you want to do that. Verifying did gallop out with Tapatrice very nicely, but I, I saw what I saw in the race, Mike. I don't think that the gallop out in that case was very important. Yeah, I, Tappet Trice was never losing that race. It, like when you're watching it live, it just, it, it never felt like Verifying wanted that last quarter of a mile and it felt like Tappet Trice did. And so now we're going further. I'm not sure how you're flipping that script in my mind because Verifying got an A plus trip. Tappet Trice got like a C minus trip. And so, and yes, Verifying is going to be close to the pace, more likely to get a better trip than Tappet Trice. But man, that's it just. <laughs> I'm not sure how you expect verifying strips going to be better and help verifying get that mile and a, mile and a quarter. Uh, verify. I did not know Kenny McPete trained repent. I I just know uh, repent. We gave us midnight bisu. So uh, one of my favorite horses of all time. So JD, we're kind of 
little bit similar there. Uh, Sun Thunder. Boy, this horse loves to muck up and hit the board. It, almost a wise guy horse to hit the board in your supers. Are you using him there? Um, maybe. We'll see what the, this is. This to me is, is a lot really dependent on the draw for Sun Thunder and the pace that we see in the race. I mean, I want to see who's actually in the field so I can understand what I think the pace is going to be and then kind of work backward from there. Because Sun Thunder, one of those people, those horses, that is very much going to be dependent on the pace up front has the ability to run up into the top four, top five, but I, I would not put him as high as top three. I don't, I'm not going to have him my try. Yeah, I'll, I'll be with you on that one. Wild on Ice, uh, upset winner of the Sunland Derby. Um, I believe they're still planning on sending him here. Uh, small town connections. Uh, what do you think about Wild on Ice? Hard pass. I don't... It's so weird. It's like he, he kind of closed a little bit in the Sunland Derby, but that was a weird... I don't know. Maybe if, maybe a pace scenario could elude where he gets top five, but that yeah, that's as far as I'll go with him. Uh, but good to see you know Frank Sumter, uh, owner breeder of this horse, uh, a big uh, Texas bred uh, or Texas breeding guy. So good to see him doing well on the big stage. Mage uh, second to Forte in the uh, Florida Derby, super rough trip in the Fountain of Youth Stakes. So you forgive him for that. He is lightly raced. He only has the one maiden win. What do you think about Mage? Mage. This is the horse I am most likely to fall in love with before the Derby that I will then regret immediately after the break. Um, the talent is there. Horse broke well in its maiden breaking debut, has broken terribly in the two other races. I thought ran a really good Florida Derby. The price is going to be a huge part of Mage. The jockey is going to be a huge part of Mage. The draw is going to be a huge part of Mage. If Mage ends up drawing like the seven slot and there's no speed to the inside, I'm going to probably end up using Mage in some capacity. Because I look, I if you got Forte as the undisputed most talented horse in this race, and Mage gave him everything he could handle, well, not everything, because I think Forte had a little left in the tank. But Mage had an awful trip in the Florida Derby and still ran second there. So I don't know how you don't have Mage in your top five if you have Forte at one. We'll put it that way. Boy, the the breaking that is the that is the big concern, right? And if it one thing that would help me improve my opinion of Mage because I think he's going to be speed and quit, and it, it almost reminds me a little bit of a simplification where he can probably get up and for your super or hold on for your super depending he's on how he breaks. But he's better than simplification. Well, look at the field that was in there last year. Simplification was still really good compared to those horses. Uh, JD says like Mages had you know back to back races where he broke poorly and didn't have. Uh, a great start. He showed good effort to you know keep going, but Forte went right by him in the Florida Derby. Tell me how stretching out to a mile and a quarter, unless this horse suddenly becomes a superb breaker and it doesn't thunder snow it, I just don't see how Mage is, is that much of a factor. Well, here's the thing. If Mage breaks, let's say Mage is, uh, what's Mage right now? 20 to 1. If Mage breaks, Mage should be 6 to 1. Very true. And so, like, that's that to me is the part of this, is that if we're talking about a race that doesn't have a ton of pace in it and a horse that has speed. If the, if mage can show the speed and not be so far behind the eight ball in these races, that's how you flip the script on Forte in that spot. Right. And, and so the question is, well, why will mage break any better? Because mage broke very well in this first start that like, yeah. that's the conundrum here. Now you have two data points with a bad break, one with a good break. It is, we have seen the good break. The question is, if you get that, then what happens? And yeah, there are a ton of ifs with Mage, but he's at least worth talking about because he has the talent to be able to be right there. 
And the fact of the matter is, breaking is a problem or concern for every single horse. Just ask Rock Your World about that. Never had an issue before the Derby. Rosario forgot to put the feet in the stirrups, and that was a problem for him. And so, look, if Mage can, can break, he's got a shot. I don't know if he can break. I don't know what the price will be. All of that stuff is going to be determined. Because I agree, Mage could end up being the wise gay horse, and then I don't want any part of this because it's going to get bet down. But if, his, if he gets a good draw, he has no speed to the inside, and he's sitting there 20 to 1, Anna, I think I'll probably end up betting him. Just saying. Yeah, <laughs> real, curious to, real curious to see what those odds are. Uh, Truly Spose says, I don't care about the break in a mile and a quarter race. Watch literally any Kentucky Derby of the last 10 years and pick a horse out. You can find at least one horse that lost all chance at the break. It's every year. This is not a normal mile and a quarter race. This is the Kentucky Derby. This is, you cannot compare this to the Breeders' Cup Classic or any other mile and a quarter race out there. You simply can't. Ask game winner about the break. Honor AP. Yeah. Rock your world. I'm naming these without even thinking about it. It's, it's just too easy. Uh, Blazing Sevens for Chad Brown is uh, going to make his way. And, hey, you can take a look at him there because I clicked twice. Uh, Blazing Sevens is going to be in here, but a horse that, we, you know, you want to say Forte didn't uh, progress that much uh, from, from two to three. Blazing Sevens, did, I, don't, I haven't seen any progression whatsoever from him. No, I, I, Blazing Sevens won a race. I don't remember if it was Saratoga or Belmont because of a pace collapse. That was the best race. Every race has been trash other than that. for Not trash. Every every race for Blazing Sevens has not been good enough to beat the majority of the horses above him on this list. I have no reason to believe that'll change in the first Saturday of May. Yep, no interest anywhere on my tickets. If he even makes the Superfecta, I'm going to lose that bet. Disarm makes his way in because he got third in the Lexington Stakes. All he needed was to get at least third. He got those six points to go from 40 to 46. Uh, he is in the gate. For the Kentucky Derby, Joel Rosario is going to ride him. What chance do you give Disarm? I gotta say, I was more excited until I heard Joel Rosario <laughs> ride him. Uh, because I now know Disarm will be sitting in 16th going around the first turn, have a shitload of traffic trouble, and uh, probably not have a chance to win the race. So the, the fact that Rosario picked up the mount downgrades the horse pretty significantly for me because I thought the best way for Disarm to be able to hit the Superfecta was to try and be more forwardly placed be in that 7th, 8th position, not 15th, and attend to the pace in some manner. And now you know it's not going to happen. So, yeah, disarm now a chuck for me since Rosario's board. Boy, right when, you, right when you discount Joel Rosario completely, that's when you give him five more days and he comes up and gets a chop. I shouldn't say that. No, I really do love Joel Rosario. Uh, he's been doing better with his rides. Um, still has some things that kind of make you scratch your head a little bit. Boy, JD is all over Jareth Loveberry, the, the jockey for two fills who broke his leg and still rode him to victory in the Jeff Ruby stakes. He says, well, at least Joe Rosario's got two intact legs. Listen, yeah, as someone who does, hasn't had two intact legs in years, I take offense to that. Well, also, he doesn't have two legs in the stirrups during the derby either. So I'd rather take oh. an intact leg and both in the stirrups than just having them both out. I mean, what the heck? Oh, comment of the day. I love it. Thank you. Uh, Charles B. asks, who's Luis Saez on? He'll be on tap at Trice. He will be on tap at Trice for that one. Um, Kevin says Rosario is going to close like a bandit on Disarm from 19th to 8th. It could possibly happen. Right on. <laughs> uh, still won't help your superfecta there. Uh, Reincarnate is still in the gate. Uh, he, was, he was the one sitting there going, well, at least I wasn't sitting in Jace's Road's spot uh, when the Lexington went on. He is in the gate. Uh, a horse that I think personally is probably better suited for the Belmont, but Bob Baffert said when this horse was two turning three, he just runs all day. So when I hear that, 
depending, you know, assuming Johnny V keeps the mount on this horse, uh, which kind of seems like he's going to do, uh, I think this horse has got a good chance to hit the super, maybe possibly hit the try. What about you? No interest. I, I think okay. the one race 2.2 from Reincarnate is the race at Arkansas where he was, didn't break and was essentially got to run into a very fast pace and, and ran okay. I think Reincarnate probably going to be more forwardly placed, and I like some horses that are going to be up there more in front of him. The price is the one thing that I guess you could make a case for, 35 to 1 right now overseas. So, you know, if you like a 35 to 1 shot, I wouldn't try and talk you out of him in a super, but for me, this isn't going to be the one I like. Continuar is going to represent Japan on the Road to Japan series, was second to Derma Sotagake in the UAE Derby, but wasn't a very close second and just kind of ran in circle, ran in a circle in second the whole way. Um, Continuar, any chance whatsoever? The Japan factor, the the other J Japanese horse, because Derma Sotagake is going to get the love. Uh, I'm going to pass here. I'm hoping I'm hoping Continuar takes money though, and that this is one of the ways that you burn up some of that. Uh... Some of the big essentially in this race uh 40 to 1 overseas right now we'll see if that holds but this is one where you know i think should be with wild on ice is the biggest price these are the two in this this list that i think should be the biggest price and and here we are sitting at half the price of wild on ice is right now yeah i'm very curious to see what the uh what the betting will be like for this horse uh whether or not uh you like him it, it i would say i continue to say it's a good thing for the sport that the japanese uh, are bringing over good horses. And I say that good horses because last year I hated the Japanese for bringing over Crown Pride and staying up for Rich Strike. But hey, that's neither here nor there. The horse that did get knocked out by Disarm uh, from the Lexington, first one in. So as soon as we get a single defection, Jace's Road is first up. If he makes it to the gate, is there any chance for him? Is, it, is a fast track going to help him if it's a wet track just completely chuck? What do you do with this one? Uh, I wouldn't use him either way. I think it could be part of the pace issue, though. Yeah, I think, uh, well, yes, you would think that, but then you would have thought that in the Louisiana Derby. So <laughs> who knows? <laughs> uh, by the way, Mike, I just want you to know you're a horrible handicapper. I cannot believe that you got third in the grade one gamble at Keeneland and pocketed 50K, a BCBC seat and an NHC seat. So how dare you? Yeah, I wish I was a good handicapper. Imagine how awesome I'd be. Yeah, you probably would have gotten first instead of third. So that's there that's what go. you get for being a bad handicapper. Uh, Skinner the, was uh, a very close third in the Santa Anita Derby. Um, he's sitting on the outside, needs two defections to get in. Son of Curlin, any chance that he has an effect on the Kentucky Derby? Look, Skinner's going to be one of those horses where if he gets in, people are going to talk about him. Um, I will not be betting Skinner. I understand why people like Skinner. But I, if Skinner was good enough to win the Derby, he would have won the Santa Anita Derby with the, the setup that he got and the trip that he got against two horses that I'm not excited about betting in the Kentucky Derby. So for me, Skinner's a pass. However, I understand why people would like Skinner, but I, I just can't after that Sandy Derby. He had every chance to just roll right by and just didn't. And, and if I'm not interested in either of the two horses that finished first or second in that race, it's really hard for me to get excited about Skinner. If he makes the gate, I'm putting him in fourth. On a, I'm going to play him at the very bottom spot on a Superfecta. That he can run all day, Victor Espinosa can pull a good ride out of his butt and, and get that horse up there. It, I, it would not shock me if he did. I've been watching this horse since he was a two-year-old, and they were putting John Sheriffs, who was never, never uh, pushy with his horses, as a maiden was putting him in grade one races back-to-back -back because he thought this horse had talent. Also, he probably thought the, the California side was a little weak, and I think he might have been right about that. But the fact that he kept trying to put this horse in grade one races and then finally got back to maiden two turns in one... I think he's got the great chance to get there. To win, absolutely not. But definitely, um, I think he can do it. Cyclone Mischief, the last one. Our buddy Dale Romans needs three defections to get this horse in. If he makes it, any kind of an effect on the Derby? 
I think Psycho Mischief could, could possibly hit the super. I mean, I have been mm -hmm. so hot and cold on this horse, but this is a horse that doesn't stop, that likes to be forwardly placed, that doesn't, it's not a threat to win the race, but could easily be that horse that just keeps, like, literally is in third the whole race, but gets passed by and passes some horses while staying in third the entire time. So I, I wouldn't completely disregard Psycho Mischief from the tries and the supers. However, I don't think he can win. Uh, I think he's a, a good part of the pacing. I don't know. I think he's going to be on the lead, but I think he'll definitely be, if he makes the gate, uh, he'll be in that first flight of horses going in the first turn there. And when you're in that spot, there's only a couple horses you need to dodge to try and win the Kentucky Derby uh, coming off that far turn. So that could be a chance. Hey, uh, TBL, TBL4R1. Sorry, my eyes are hard. Uh, no chance, but I have a $20, uh, $20 future uh, at 70 to 1 on Cyclone Mischief. You definitely want this horse in the gate uh how about this last question on this topic cyclo mischief uh would need three defections to get in do you set the over under at over three under three what do you think happens here's the thing like i think the number is zero of healthy defections this year i don't see anyone on that top 20 list that is going to choose not to be there the question is who will pop a fever will everybody be travel well all those type of things that to me is the question for defections this year because like of that list of 20, who do you think, what ownership group is stepping away? You know, I, the one I would have thought possibly was disarmed because it's three weeks from the Lexington up to the Derby. It was kind of a, I, it wasn't an exciting third. It wasn't a photo finish, you know, verifying and or I'm sorry, uh, Arabian lion um, and first mission were far ahead of him uh, in third place. So, you would think possibly them, but they, I think that's the same connections as Epicenter last year. And I think they still have a really bad taste in their mouth about losing that. Um, and, and look, how often do you get a horse into the Kentucky Derby? That's where you're going with this, right? Is how often, unless you're Sal Cuman and the Avengers, like you're not getting horses into the Derby every year, just willy nilly. So it's really tough to do. And it's hard to say any of them. I and mean, that's why Wild on Nicest people are putting up a lot of money to supplement them because it's just, it's hard to do. Yeah, and I, I would agree with the chat here. They're saying Blazing Seven's the one horse that may defect. I could see Blazing Seven's defected. He probably doesn't should like, and th this is also different too. Who should defect versus who will are two completely right. different right? Because I could, I could make a case that five of the top 20 shouldn't run in this race. It's bad for the horse's overall career, bad for their summer plans, but it's the derby. You don't yeah. see five people leave the shot at having a derby horse, and we don't, like, they're, this, if you if you look at Forte, and you say, okay, he's he's really good. There's everyone else on this list has question marks. There's no other like, okay, there's three really good horses here, and with what we had last year, that makes every ownership group believe they can win the race as well. So I just don't think you're going to see mass defections. I think Blazing Sevens probably your most likely. Disarm is not going to defect. They ran that race to try and get Disarm in, so he's going to stay in the race. I mean, to me, like Lord Miles would be the horse that I wouldn't say. But Lord Miles, 100% going, according to everything they're saying. Rocky can another one where I would say, yeah, maybe we don't want to go. 100% going, according to everything they're saying. So the horses that I would think would be out, their ownerships are groups have already come out and said, no, we're going. So I, I don't see where these defections that people expect are coming from. I think we may have one or two for health. We always see spike fevers, things like that. But to me, I, I, Blazing Sevens is maybe the only one. And that doesn't get Skinner in, who's sitting out there in the 22 spot. 
Uh, the ownership, by the way, Blazing Sevens, Rodeo Creek Racing. This is their only graded, their only stakes winner, the only horse they've had that's made uh, over $150,000. So they're a small time. Uh, I don't think they've been around. Yeah, they just started having horses a couple years ago. But uh, congrats to them. You've been in a horse ownership for two years, and you got a Kentucky Derby starter. Uh, again, you made the, a great point there, Mike. It's just nobody's going to just willingly walk away from this uh, unless the trainer tells them. Silver Charm makes a great point. I would have told Rich Strike and mind that bird's owners they shouldn't have been in the race too. And they both won the race. So uh, at some point, you just take your shot here in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, great talk there. All right, here are the final odds here. Um, I know that you said you like Forte a lot. He's going to be your Kentucky Derby pick uh, from the long shot. So give me anybody who's 14 to 1 or higher. Which of these odds do you like the best? I've not said my... Forte is going to be my Kentucky Derby pick yet. Don't put that in my mouth yet. I do not know who I'll be selecting yet. Uh, of this list, 14 to 1 or higher, two fills at 14 to 1, Mage at 20 to 1, um, Hit Show at 28 to 1 would probably be the three that I think could realistically win, depending on where they draw, um, based on the odds board right now. Give me that Angel of Empire, two fills, uh, cold exact at 12 to 1 over 14 to 1. Let's book it and make a, a lot of money. Mattress Mac picks the, the chalk, so he'll probably, that's yeah, he'll Forte, Forte, right? Yeah, he's on yeah. Forte. <sighs> oh, I, Nick. I, look. Right, well, okay, let's make the argument then. What circuit was better? Louisiana. Based off of what I've been saying, Louisiana, right? I'm going to say Louisiana because I like two fills. I like Angel of Empire. I like Kings Barnes a little bit. You like Florida. so But I, I think it's between those two. I don't think it's close uh, outside of those two circuits. Yeah, I, I, I like the Arkansas circuit's terrible. The New York circuit was terrible. I'm not, not impressed with the California circuit. I don't like practical moves. So then I'm sitting here with the Louisiana circuit, which was a little bit of a mess. And don't forget, Instant Coffee won two of those races. It's 101 on this board. So when you're saying Louisiana... Instant coffee not, is the best. Not horse. anywhere in the Derby picture. He's got nowhere close points wise. He is the best horse that ran in Louisiana according to the win win ratios there. So everyone would love Louisiana. You think you would be betting instant coffee in this race. That's what you're saying. Let's all be clear there, okay? So <laughs> if if so then you if you're making the case it's Louisiana, then everyone should also love disarm in this race at fifty to one. And you're saying it's a third best Pletcher is coming from the best circuit. There's some holes in the Louisiana argument when you actually get down to it. Uh, Nick, Nick says, by the way, just to clarify, in case you don't know Nick Feldman, for a long-time listener, good friend of the show, says, uh, well, I'll be taking uh, Mike Samich when he likes horses. I take him with utmost serious. I do too. And actually, Nick and Mike, you're two people that uh, when you really like a horse that I don't necessarily like, I'm like, I need to give him uh, a second look. Nick Feldman, the only handicapper in history with a perfect 1,000 batting percentage giving out tickets on the Magic Mike show. So you got to listen sure. to Nick. That's true. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that's true. JD brings up a good point. New Mexico circuit, clearly the best. Well, thanks for watching the Magic Mike show. We appreciate everybody <laughs> tuning in. That was a great show. Uh, the chat, you guys were absolutely amazing. And uh, if you want more content like this, if you haven't yet, subscribe to youtube.com slash racing dudes. Uh, everything's going to be derby focused pretty much from here on out. Uh, we got long shot videos. We got prep race videos that you need to, uh, that telling you about what the prep races are. That you need to pay the most attention to. Lots of great content. Make sure you're subscribing. Uh, Mike and I will be back for our normal Pick 5 show. I almost said Pick 4. Pick 5 show on Thursday. Uh, probably Keeneland again, right? They've got, that's, 
kind of where the action is. It's either they or Oaklawn, and we don't go to Oaklawn on this show until they tell they're still off the turf. As long as they get back on the turf, we'll go to Oaklawn. But uh, until then, make sure you tune in on Thursday. And then dudes who bet daily every Wednesday through Sunday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. If you like the sports picks that we give out, especially by this guy right here, all the great stuff that he's given out, all the big winners uh, between here and over at VSIN, uh, at racingnews.com, we're going to start having best bets, a feature where you can actually get a single handicapper's best bets for horse racing for NFL, for basketball, for whatever you want, whatever they decide to post up there. Maybe a little bit of CFL action uh, once the season starts back up in June. Uh, and it won't just be us. You'll see some other familiar faces uh, that we're working with uh, closely that'll be showing up there. So that'll be coming soon. Uh, really appreciate everybody who was in the chat. Really love everything that was happening with this show. Just I do ask, just keep everything civil. I know we got strong opinions. Everybody thinks everybody else's opinion sucks. Uh, just say that nicely. That's all, we, that's all we ask of you. We do it to each other all the time. Just be nice. Be kind to each other. Uh, anything else before we get out of here? It's a safe space. <laughs> it's a safe space. Anything else before we get out of here, Mike? No, no. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, it's going to be fun here on Thursday. Go over pick five again on Thursday. So make sure you come back and check that out. And Magic, I got an idea after the show. I think we okay. should have people send us videos of their Kentucky Derby pick. And on our Kentucky Derby show, we'll play some of those videos from the people who are in the chat every show who they like in the Kentucky Derby. But you got to tell us why, too. We'll figure out how to do this. Yeah, that's a good way to do it. Uh, I'll let you do 60 second, 60 second maximum, but you send us a video. Uh, quality doesn't matter. Like, you know, do it on your phone or whatever. Uh, but yeah, that's a fantastic idea. If you really think that we're wrong about something, you got 60 seconds to tell us why. If it's good and it's clean, we'll put it on the show. Uh, I do love that idea. Uh, I was plus ROI by a, a decent amount betting CFL last year. So you can fair, call Gateway 100. He crushed the CFL. It was, it was one of the more interesting things that came out of 2022. Uh, one of the few good things that I had coming out of 2022. Thanks so much, everybody, for joining us. Follow on Twitter. I'm at Curtis Kellard. He is at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight, number one, number eight corporate overlords at racing underscore dudes. Again, if you haven't yet, check out Aaron's top five uh, Kentucky Derby and Kentucky Oaks contenders videos. They're both live up here. And congrats to everybody again who bet with the Racing Dudes betting Bible and bet with us on the live show. It was awesome. Until Thursday when we're back for the Magic Mike show or Wednesday for Dudes Who Bet Daily, I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. Thanks again, everybody. We'll see you next time. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb. Because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.